December 30th, 2019, less than 72 hours away from 2020, folks. Welcome in to the year in, the special edition, the long-awaited episode, the episode that I had constant anxiety for that was I going to get time to be able to do one, thus seeing all the other podcasts I listen to have award ceremonies. Fights of the year, nominations, etc. You get the gist. But we finally did it. We're finally here. And I appreciate each and every one of you guys for being here, like I said, on this December 30th, 2019. Actually, cold as fuck. Not too bad, but, you know, I put these cold ass headphones on right as I'm starting to begin. And. I'm like, Jesus Christ, it's fucking cold. But it's good to be back. Um, I hope you guys all had a great, phenomenal Christmas. It, hopefully, you guys got everything you wanted and and then some. Hopefully, all you guys stayed safe. You guys got all, like I said, overall, this, hopefully, you got every single thing that you were seeking and uh, you're on Santa's good list. You weren't on a naughty list. Anyways, like I said, it's good to be back. It's been over a week. Um, last episode we did was uh, Tuesday, the Christmas Eve, the day before Christmas. Um, I was going to do a post after Christmas and stuff, but, um, you know, like I said, the holidays, everybody's all crammed up. Everybody's doing things. Um, and, you know, sometimes there's just not a lot, a lot of time to sit back and be able to talk for an hour or so or anything like that longer, but... Um, here we're able to do that and that's exactly what we're going to be doing before tomorrow because uh like i said tomorrow is new year's eve and a lot of people are you know centered towards watching the ball drop getting together getting fucked up buying on the alcohol before the place is closed early and that's exactly what it was like especially on christmas eve and christmas day but it really didn't even feel like christmas day on on the same day because it like it just like the vibes of everyone else around not like family like not here what i'm talking about is what i mean what i mean by around like when you go out it's like say like you go to the store real quick to get some last minute things like i was talking about on the last last edition of this the show some people will go like last minute shopping and last minute um food shopping or you know after sale after christmas sales and stuff like that the black friday sales that go on i mean the local mall here got um funny story was um relating to the mall and sales and stuff as there was a massive brawl i'm pretty sure if you're familiar with the specific area and i haven't said my city or hometown on here but if you're real ones you know who i'm talking about what i'm talking about um so like i guess everyone who's underage now is 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 um not banned but you cannot enter with enter in the mall without um uh like ID and stuff. So you, there's absolutely there's no entry. I know there's a lot of different malls, a lot of, a lot of different um entries into the mall, but each and every one of them, I think there's gonna be somebody there for to further notice that will um you know you have to check your ID and see if you're actually 18. If you look 18 or look a little under, then you'll be questioned. If you don't, obviously you're not. They're not gonna ask a 65 year old man for his ID. Are you 18? Are there two people hiding on top of each other, making up, making a fake adult body, trying to sneak into the mall? Are these kids trying to pull fast ones? No, that is not the case. And um, yeah, this is, like I said, very unfortunate. Like I said, massive brawl, massive brawls inside of there. People going crazy. You know, kids starting stupid shit. And, you know, unfortunately, that's the way people go. Um, 
I don't know necessarily if there's any casualties or anything like that, but um, I don't remember. But anyways, guys, we got a great one. We got a huge show planned. We've, this is the awards ceremony. This is an annual KWTK award, year-end award ceremony. A little bit of anxiety, like I said, not knowing if we were going to get in here before the day out, the, 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 the year was over. But there was no way in fucking hell that I was going to skip it. There's no way in the hell anybody in the world should skip a year-end award show. I mean, especially with all these nominations. I mean, I gave three awards to each category. Knockout of the year, there's three candidates. Fighter of the year, there's three candidates. Most entertaining fighters of 2019 and of the decade. I gave three fighters. Still have to put fill in number three looking at my list as we speak. Just confirming and everything. I did a, I did these probably about uh I probably I did these notes probably over a week ago. Like I said, I, I was planning something big for the end of the year. This is the end of the year. This is the last time we will be on until next year, folks. Sadly, <laughs> next year is like 24 hours later. <laughs> so it's like have you ever talked to your friends? I'd be like all dramatic, like Oh, I'm not going to see you till next year. It's literally like the day after. That's what we're kind of doing here. But yeah, like I said, um, there's some stuff that I didn't fill in or anything like that. So we'll do that as time um, goes by and stuff. But quickly, before we begin this ecstatic episode, we are presented to you by Anchor. Um, Anchor, like I said, is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Everybody's ending the year with a bang when it comes to podcasting, especially these podcast, uh, annual podcast awards that everyone's awarding the fighters and everyone talking about their biggest moments of this year and of this decade. I mean, people like to get together and have conversations like that. And what better place to have those conversations other than Anchor? I've been using it for three years now. We're going into four. Time's just going to keep on going by, rolling by, and using Anchor has been the easiest experience for me. So, as a person, as an avid thinker, and as someone who genuinely cares about the people that that I that, that I want to support and want to support the fans, support anybody else that's out there that wants to start their own platform and stuff, I will ad- advocate for it and encourage it on my very own platform. So, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, it's about to be 2020. We all have smartphones. You can download the app directly in your Google Play Market if you're an Android user. iPhone uh, is available in the App Store as well, 100% free. Um, they're owned by Spotify, if I'm not mistaken. I did not know that the other day i was actually kind of curious about that but that's cool as well um you can visit the, the link directly at www.anchor.fm slash start or like i said visit the app in the app store download for free 100 percent free 100 percent easy use automated voice guides you through it step by step it's impossible to not know how to use this anchor app one more time ladies and gentlemen anchor.fm slash start also Quickly follow us on social media. Support your favorite podcast at KWTK Pod, both on Instagram and both on Twitter. Not too active on the accounts as late because, like I said, it's been the holidays and stuff. But also follow me on uh, Twitter at Chi the King MMA. Should I talk about Christmas? Or should we get right into it? I'm kind of nervous. I haven't finished my um. I haven't finished two submissions of the year, breakthrough fighters of the year, 
um, as I'm penciling in one as we speak. I think that's what we'll do. As I, I, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna kind of extend, not extend, but I'm gonna um, kind of bide my time right now while I'm penciling in the final awards. But then a lot of people, a lot of, if you naturally think about something that you've been planning for so long, it seems like I would have these all penciled in right now. So why am I penciling in things right now? That's the thing I don't understand. But the, the fact is, we could do it though. That's the part. Um, we have so many categories. I mean, fighter of the year, most entertaining fighter of the year, submission of the year, breakthrough fighter of the year, saddest moments of this year. Unfortunately, I mean, most emotional moments we found. Uh, Fight-wise, I'm not going to talk about, like, personal at personal-wise. I don't really think there's any huge moments in here that really were defining or anything like that. There were crazy moments like that. Um, and also another category is fights to make in 2020. And last but not motherfucking least, top 10 fights from 2000 to 2019. Get ready. You'll see this list. You see a mixture of of different emotions for different fights and different excitement for different fights, especially when it comes to, you know, the, the magnitude and the buildup to a lot of these fights, the outcomes, the storyline, the ending of them, the anticlimactic, you know, the craziness that's happened, you know, all the buildup and more buildups. And, you know, like I said, uh, category before that, like I said, it's a fight to make in 2020, which will be also super exciting and, and, and would be a whole thing. So, um, like I said, I enjoyed Christmas. Um, enjoyed enjoyed all the all the time, and you know, like I said, I went to Six Flags the other day. Man, let me tell you, man, those lines are crazy. You spend more time waiting in the lines than you actually do riding, depending on the week, the other day that you go, especially with the new hours. I guess I was looking on the app the other day. It was like um, eleven a.m. to six p.m. So. So, like, people get there around 12, like, sometimes, like, like, I live probably a couple hours away from Six Flags, uh, uh, probably, like, yeah, like, about two hours away, less than two hours away, depending on how fast you are, you're going, and how fast the traffic is and stuff, so I was waiting in those lines, man, I was like, oh, my goodness, I was waiting in the line for Medusa, I was waiting for, like, 40 minutes, I mean, you can't really see the inside of it, like, the stairs and stuff, until you get closer, because there's just that many people, and I guess they were short-staffed, so we're waiting in line and all that and I was like oh well not where it was me um and um you know I was just like oh my god I'm gonna be here because because we're kind of low on time when we got there it was like three or so three thirty yeah like three thirty ish you know they start walking until around like or getting places around until like around like started right until around like four two hours yeah like two hours and 30 minutes afterwards i know a lot of people say like oh that's kind of a short window and stuff like two hours and 30 minutes for a big park with the magnitude and um the magnitude and you know the as much shit as there is to do at six flags you can't do it all in three hours that's all i'm saying but when i went like i said I went on The Flash, if you're familiar with The Flash ride, and The Superman, D, uh, DC Universe, but for those who didn't know, um, 
with the flash one, I was trying to put my phone in my pocket, right? I'm not one of those crazy guys that are trying to record every little thing and stuff, especially not in a fucking roller coaster. I've had my plenty of time and shares of seeing people um, drop their phones or drop their wallets and stuff when they're upside down on those rides. And yeah, 100%. I'm good. By the way, also the first time I was ever stoned on a ride, too. So when I was on the flash, I was hella nervous. I mean, that shit shot off like a fucking rocket. It was like a long-ass noodle, like a big-ass fucking fry or something like that. That's what the ride looked like. We're spinning upside down. I mean, the, the Superman ride was just like that. Both fi- both were under uh, like five minutes and stuff for sure, but still was it a unique experience. experience. Definitely got me out of my seat. I definitely had my headache rolling too, so it was, it was pretty fun, man. We got, we got to do that. There was a lot of people there. Um, the lines were long as hell for the food, um, and... Yeah, overall, it was a great time. I had a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to this new year, as well as um, another thing adding to the list. We're going to talk about, like, biggest moments of my life and stuff for that for 2018 and, and, and stuff like that, you know. I don't know if we have a favorite episode or something like episode of the year when it comes to a podcast. I mean, I don't really want to critic every single little thing. I kind of wanted to generalize it towards the fights, so the fighter awards and stuff like that. That's what we're sending around doing. Um, and, and therefore, so forth. Ooh. Guess what I am doing right now. But last but not least, let's get right into this, folks. I'm so excited. I don't know where to start. I feel like we still, I feel like we need to like cool off or something. I'm, I'm nervous to talk about it, but I thrive on pressure and we all thrive on pressure in life. So, um, let me just pencil in this last one. I can't think of any big submissions of the year though. Like, I'm, is that bad that I haven't thought about that? I mean, I think when Pettis beat Henderson in the UFC to win the lightweight title uh, on um, short notice was when in his hometown. And, uh, you know, just the way that he, you know, he beat back to Henderson in the WEC. I know this was years and years and years ago, but I mean, that seems like a huge outcome. That could be like of, of the decade or so. I mean, being a huge fight of the decade. You know, I definitely got to add that to the list, if I'm not mistaken. I put 10 top 10 fights, but we'll just conclude Pettis versus um, Henderson 1 and 2 for both of those fights. Um, huh. Submission of the year. I don't know. We'll get back to it. We'll skip it. I'm about entertainment and stuff. Um... So now all we got is one more one more number one more fighter to pencil in for the entertaining fighter of the year. No, I'm not gonna tell you guys until we're finished. And then we're gonna go all the way to the top of the list and start off with my top three knockouts of the year in the UFC. Um uh, they're all UFC. Uh, I feel kinda biased just talking about mainly UFC fights, um, I mean, I'm, I'm in the Bellator too, don't get me wrong, man, they've had some amazing cards, I mean, the Bellator versus, uh, Rising card was amazing, um, obviously, you watch the Rampage and Fedor fight, as well as, um, 
Goti Yamamuchi defeating uh, Darren Cookshanks, uh, former UFC fighter too, by the way, if anybody didn't know that. Um, and, you know, a lot of things on the horizon for Bellator. I mean, Michael Venom Page continuing to look amazing. Uh, you know, bouncing back after those losses, that loss to Douglas Lima, the only loss he's ever experienced. But, you know, ever since then, he's bounced back and, and knocked out people and all but all in an impressive fashion. Highlight real knockouts, flying knees, I mean, straight left, straight right, it's all of the above. And, you know, like I said, these the Bellator is on the fucking rise for sure. And then all the international shows and all the stars that they have and, you know, everything that's going on. I mean, sending their fighters to Japan, that shit's cool as fuck. So I definitely, definitely enjoy that shit. So f- for sure. Um, I just can't, I don't know why I'm lagging on on a third fighter for the year that's why i guess there's only one fighter of the year so you don't have to have fucking categories man i'm not trying to ride anybody's uh coattails or anything like that but i think my top two li- my top two guys that i have on this list are are subpar because of the fact that everyone else is listed them and i'm like i don't like to sit here and try to sit, sound or be similar to anyone else or act of a certain way or anything else like that but um we'll come we'll come to it as a as a time as time permits us we got a long time especially for this episode um and uh we'll, we'll get along to it um post-production for the show i hope you enjoy the music too I don't know. I hope, hopefully, the music hasn't been anything to annoy anybody. I can't hear the music right now, but at the end, when I'm post done and edit all everything on the show and stuff, and then put the next episode out, this next episode, you'll be able to hear the music as well as the long ass ads too. So, stay tuned for that. Um, we'll just, let's let's get right into it. Let's do it. Oh, you got to put Ryan Bader on the list too. Hell yeah, what the fuck's wrong with me? Hell yeah. Let me put him at number one, actually. A lot of people aren't talking about this band. You know how I, um, there's sometimes when I'm, if you can hear me typing, there's sometimes when I'm typing and I spell out the words i say the words as i'm spelling them out i wasn't going to do that because i'm going to be very careful because i'm not trying to break any codes right now you guys don't you know guys don't get to know uh what the, what the fight what the awards are yet and she had like some fancy award music on i apologize that we don't have some of that stuff on right now but uh bear with me because here we go um Here we go. Penciled it in, folks. Let's get on to it. All right. Starting at the very top for the annual KWTK fighter nominees and nominated knockouts of the year. Starting at, should we start from three, three, two, one, or one, two, three? Anybody got any ideas? What should we do? Um... I'd say I'd start at number three from the best, from the not the worst, the best from you know top to bottom. You know, they're all amazing. It was hard to pick for sure. Um, I'm pretty sure it's an average pick amongst all the voted annual, all the people voting on 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 the knockouts and stuff of the year. Uh, 
these noise canceling headphones are really amazing by the way i just took them off for a second because i needed to adjust them but like it feels like you can't hear anything in the back oh noise canceling no shit um it's just like so amazing i never used them before um but yeah like i said start from bottom to the top all right starting off with number three this man had a meteoric rise very short New York rise, done some amazing things, real amazing things, and, you know, probably one of the fastest tracks to the top, in my opinion, and in a short amount of time, I mean, the performances that he's put on this entire year, you know, uh, the outcomes of it, I'm not going to say specifically certain stuff, but none other than the performance that one Israel Adesanya had against Robert Whitaker. My number three knockout on my three uh, top three list of knockouts of the year goes to Israel Adesanya. Israel Adesanya versus Robert Whitaker. That was at uh, UFC 244, if I'm not mistaken. UFC 244s um, when Israel fought Robert Whitaker finally for the world title. No, that wasn't UFC 244. Excuse me. That was Diaz versus. Uh, uh, versus Masvidal, UFC 243 was the one, uh, that was the Auckland card, if I'm not mistaken, then Rob fought in there, that was his first time being back, yeah, Israel Adesanya, um, how could I not know that, um, so, like I said, my number three, number three on the list goes to Israel Adesanya, knockout in the second round, three minutes and 33 seconds, man, he won the middleweight title, he's undefeated, um, he's gonna go into 2020 with more big fights on the horizon, Israel has the Yoel Romero fights, the Paulo Costas fights, um, Darren Till fight down the line eventually. There's a lot of fights at middleweight for Israel Adesanya. I mean, talking about the John Jones rivalry throughout this year that they've been going back and forth and back and forth. I mean, who doesn't want to see those fights? Those are exciting fights. I felt that this was necessary to give him because the fact that he knocked him down twice, he hurt him multiple times, and, you know, the superstardom, you know. Each and every opponent after opponent after opponent for Israel, people were saying, oh, this is this guy. Oh, Israel can't pass this guy. Oh, this guy can't last with this kind of guy. Or this is this guy. This guy's going to take him down. Or this guy's going to do this and do that. Israel defied all those odds. So, like I said, I'm 100% confident with giving him that number three on the knockout of the year. Number two knockout is it's kind of going to be a, a one that I think should be on people's number ones. I'm surprised it wasn't on my number ones, but I am final, final in my decisions. I am 100% confident in this one. Um, I'm sure a lot of you guys are too, and I'm sure this one did make uh, people's uh, list as well because how crazy it was, how fast it was, and how much it hasn't stopped being talked about months and months and months after. But my number two knockout of the year, and could say essentially knockout of the decade because of the history that was made in record-breaking time. Ladies and gentlemen, my number two knockout of the year award goes to one Jorge game bread Masvidal with his five second KO over Ben Askren at UFC 239 at 170 pounds arguably three seconds or so however long it took the referee to get to them but number two on the list like I said one more time Jorge Masvidal versus Ben Askren flying knee knockout unexpected who the fuck expected something crazy like that to happen, man? 
other than Jorge Masvidal, I mean, but if you're a fight fan watching that, I mean, looking at not only what Masvidal did to Ben Askren, but, you know, talking about him, you know, the fight with Diaz, the fights with Usman, the heated rivalry with Colby Covington that came out of, you know, out of nowhere. One time they were best buds and now they're talking about potentially fighting each other. And, you know, it's salty, it's salt beyond salt when it comes to those two guys. So it's, it's kind of crazy the, the meteoric rise that Masvidal has had, but it's not really a rise because he's already been at the top, man. You guys have been following. I've been following for years since the backyard days. And so so none of this is is surprising to me. It's more encouraging. And, and that's the best part about it. So like I said, I'm 100% happy with that number two pick. Arguably could have made number one pick. But for this next one, it was either this one or, or the next one up on the list for the number one knockout of this year, of this decade in women's mixed martial arts. Oh, I just spoiled it, I think. You guys can really sit there and think about it. But this woman not only... Um, in my opinion, broke through and, you know, really got, grasped the attention of a lot of fight fans, in my opinion. If not casuals, they probably added more to the list, more fans to the list of hers because of the amazing performances, the unstoppable uh, force that she has been, not only at 135, but at 145. But what both of these women accomplished in both their careers combined is probably number one and number two top female mixed martial artists of all time so better late than never ladies and gentlemen my number one knockout of the year on the list goes to the reigning defending ufc featherweight and bantamweight women's champion amanda nunez versus chris cyborg I mean, that fight was bananas when that first was announced. I thought it was going to be chaos. I thought both these women are absolute monsters, savages. Both come forward. Both are going to slug it out. Both are going to go for broke. And essentially, that's what they did in one round or less. You know, Amanda Nunes did what she needed to do. I mean, knocking out Chris Cyborg. When I went back and thought about this fight, I didn't think she was going to knock her out. I thought maybe Amanda would be a, a strategic fighter or not, um, you know, risk you know getting caught by a, a a dangerous competitor like chris cyborg i mean you you see anybody that chris cyborg has to fight um i think necessarily that that's uh that's one of the worst people to try to get aggressive with i mean like i said if you want to push the pace on cyborg and you know dictate the pace in that in that regard and not get caught and stuff there's ways to do that but you know standing and banging and then and throwing all those big shots like she did man that was absolutely crazy man ufc 232 that was december 9th 29th 2018 seems like so long ago now not kind of but she yeah she stopped her in 51 seconds in the first round and then went from there to being holly holm stopping holly holm with the holly holm head kick that she stopped Ronda Rousey with, and then after that, maybe a couple, yeah, a couple weeks ago, she uh, just fought Jermaine Duran or me in a rematch and beat her by decision. Utilized her wrestling, you know, wasn't having it on the feet, you know. Then she was get to the point, able to get to the point where she utilized her wrestling, you know, dodged adversity early on, was hurt early on in that fight, was able to persevere, come back and and, and defend her women's bantamweight title. Next title she wants to defend is one. 45 but like i said that number one knockout does go to amanda nunez versus chris cyborg all knockouts number one Amanda nunez versus chris cyborg ben askren jorge masvidal number two israel adesanya versus robert Whittaker is number three in the list and no we can get 
to my top three fighters of the year. Well, how about we do a top five? Let's do a top five because I didn't include Bellator fighters, and I have this man. I've had this guy in my on my um in my uh, head for a while when it comes to statuses and and what he's done in his career too. But we're gonna start it off from the bottom. This man is also a two division champion, not in the UFC, but this man has defied the odds outside of the UFC for many, many years. Definitely, for sure, has been the face of Bellator for a very long time, um, comparable to one Jose Aldo, in a, in a sense. Featherweight, long-time featherweight champion, two-time, multiple-time featherweight champion, uh, Patricio Pitbull. That award goes to one Patricio Pitbull. I said that backwards, I apologize. But yeah, Patricio Pitbull, my, my, my opinion, is, is has to be on that list. That is the man on the list. Um, I mean, the way he beat Michael Chandler, the way he, um, you know, the way he beat Juan Archuleta in his last fight. I mean, when you guys don't know who Pitbull is, you guys got to really do your, do your work, man. Pitbull has fought a lot. A lot of great fighters. I mean, the fights with Michael Chandler. Um, he's a younger brother of one, Patricky. You know, like I said, they're the Pitbull brothers. They're kind of like reminisce the Diaz brothers, badasses, and, you know, real fighters. Um, like I said, he's wins over Daniel Strauss. Um, you know, fought Daniel Strauss a lot. I mean, fought Pat Curran. Per, Pat Curran. Bellator, if you're familiar with Bellator, I mean, the win over Michael Chandler, um, you know, he's, he's fought a lot of good guys, good guys, you know, that, that have not necessarily been in the UFC, but been in Bellator, but just the fact that he was able to, you know, win two belts, I think that's hard as hell, so, you know, the fighter of the year, well, number five would have to go to, uh, Patricio Pitbull, you know, like I said, his last win came against Juan Archuleta, um, in the featherweight tournament, I know that there's still more fights in that featherweight tournament coming up, so, um, we'll, we'll see what happens with that, I'm just talking about the, um, you know, uh, I'm just talking about the, the legacy and what he already had accomplished throughout this entire year, so from number five to number four, another two division champion that I should have put on number one list, but, Fuck it, man. I loved each and every one of these selections. This man, like I said, has been a top contender for more of his career than he hasn't been. I mean, um, unfortunately, has fallen close to title shots in the UFC, you know, but, you know, went on that long, amazing win streak before exiting the UFC. His last loss came to one Anthony Johnson early on in a main event. Um, since then, he's left the UFC. He's won the a Bellator light heavyweight title as well as the Bellator heavyweight title and holding them both simultaneously at the same time. We're talking about none other than Ryan Darth Bader securing that number four fighter of the year. In my opinion, because the fact that, you know, all the implications in the UFC, everything everybody was saying about him in the UFC, oh, he can never get past these guys. He's never going to be a champion. He's going to be a subpar. He's going to be a gatekeeper. All these other different bullshit. I mean, people saying, oh, you got knocked out by Machida. You got knocked out by Glover to share. Oh, you know, he's overrated. All these other other things. I paid attention and watched. I for sure haven't felt like that. I thought always thought Ryan was a phenomenal fighter. You know, he's um. 
always getting better with his hands. I mean, he started off as a wrestler, man, with a wrestler with an overhand, you know, event winning the Ultimate Fighter in impressive fashion, knocking out Vinny Magalhães. I mean, his incredible win streak in the UFC after so long, he was able to put it all together, you know, mixing striking with wrestling and, you know, just, you know, landing a lot of all the significant strikes he's landed and, you know, takedowns and, you know, just... The, the stats that he brings is, has been absolutely amazing if you're a stats kind of person I mean, going over to Bellator edging Phil Davis to become the light heavyweight title uh, well, light heavyweight champion excuse me I mean not just the light heavyweight title but he defended the light heavyweight title multiple times in Bellator but the heavyweight tournament which was the thing that really was he left unscathed that's really what I was aiming towards that got him the fighter of the uh, number four fighter of the year in my opinion because of the you know the fact that he went through that essentially untouched I mean he went in he beat Matt Mitrione he he knocked out Fedor in under a minute um who else, who else, who was the third person that Bader fought? What? It's, he, he didn't fight Chael. So he fought, he fought, um, oh, it's, so he fought Fedor, King Mo, the wall, and, uh, Matt Mitrion. First one, he came in, um, knocked, knocked um King Mo out in 15 seconds I mean with that left hook nasty left hook stopped him in 15 seconds beat the brakes off of Matt Mitrium in a three-rounder you know took him down at will didn't get touched and then came back in um January of 2019 and knocked out Fedor in 35 seconds with the same left hook that he stopped King Mo with so essentially um you know, essentially seven minutes. It took him seven minutes to win the heavyweight Grand Prix. Essentially seven minutes, and then since then he has a, a no contest, accidental eye poke with 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 Chet Congo. I mean, I don't think it was an eye poke. I don't even think it was a poke in the eye, to be honest with you. I think it was a. If you see the video that Ryan posted on his account back then with that, then it kind of shows that that wasn't what it was. But yeah, other than that, Ryan's win streak in his last loss, like I said, was to uh, back in 2016. That's a long time. And then before that, his last loss was back in 2013. So um, from a span of, you know, being undefeated, first loss was to the greatest light heavyweight of all time, John Jones, back in 2011. Then that's crazy submission loss to Tito Ortiz at UFC 132. I mean, since then, he wins against Jason Brills, beats Rampage, gets stopped by Machida, beats Matt Yushchenko, loses to Glover. Then that's when that crazy streak starts he beats Perroche, Cal Rafael Capricante, Ovin St. Prue, Phil Davis, Rashad Evans, loses to Rumble Johnson and this is where the streak starts and where it hasn't ended since then his last loss like I said was 2016 it's about to be 2020 now so Ryan Bader's got to be fucking respected dude for damn sure we're looking at the, the the crazy win streak that he has I mean 27 wins and five losses that's not bad I mean he starts off with the 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 bomb from hell when he blew Alira Latifi out of the water with a knee um, in return stopped Antonio Rogerio Nogueira in the rematch on uh, his final fight in the UFC came over to Bellator fought for the light for the light heavyweight title beat Phil Davis defended against Linton Vassell um, then he ran through the heavyweight tournament and defended his heavyweight title against Chicago back at Bellator 226 so and like I said uh, no better performance performances in 2019 and just the way that he was able to do it unscathed and amazing i mean uh was it all in 2019 though 
no, uh, it, it wasn't all in 2019, but just the fact that he was able to, um, you know, get through it that way, in my opinion, that serves for right to be the fighter of the year on, um, on that, in that branch because of just everything he's been able to do in a short, short time. I mean, all right. So he only had two fights in 2019 though. It seems like because of how fast his fights have been, maybe, but yeah, for sure. I mean, if it's not 2018, 2019 too, because like this guy's just absolutely been fantastic. So from one fighter of the year, number four seed Ryan Bader to number three on the list. We talked about this man earlier. We talked about his five second KO of Ben Eskren. And now I know that you guys for damn sure know what I'm talking about. But none other than Jorge Gamebrand. Masvidal for the number three seed, her fighter of the year. Like I said, I mean, I've followed him for years and years and years. Um, I think what he's been able to do in a short amount of time has been absolutely um, fantastic. I mean, obviously, he's fought for so long already, and, you know, this is nothing new for him. I mean, the fact that he's getting a lot of recognition amongst basic fight fans and people recognizing him, wanting to take pictures, superstardom, and all that, that should have all been already, in my opinion. So, I mean, he's just getting recognized talent that he should have gotten a long time ago. So, we're seeing that now, and, you know, that makes me truly happy. So, um, yeah, that number three seed has to go to Jorge Masvidal, because definitely he is going to be having a a huge year next year and you know there's a lot of stuff to um i mean a lot of exciting fights to come in 2024 jorge masvidal a couple of options here if not the title fight with usman still got the fight with colby covington apparently his jaw doesn't seem to appear to be broken because i did see a post by a little pump if you're familiar little pump um was along ringside with uh, Colby Covington. Colby Covington's jaw isn't wired shut or anything. I know Rockhold when he got his jaw broken, he's like had his wire his jaw wired shut for like six months or six weeks. Oof, could you imagine six months? Oof. But yeah, so he seems to be doing all right. But um, back to Masvidal, like I said, he has a lot of fights coming up. Fight for the title next. Uh, you know, there's a big big fight for him. I mean, Connor coming up to 170, looking bulky as ever as hell, especially in his pictures. That could be a fight for Masvidal later down the line. We're saying that here. You hear that here first, ladies and gentlemen. That fucking fight's going to happen. Don't at me. Let's fucking go. That fight's happening, motherfuckers. All right, from the number two seed to number... For number three seed to the number two seed, a man in the same weight class as Jorge Masvidal, a man who has been on this mission, in my opinion, for quite some time. He's always talked about how great he is and how much of a problem he is to all the rest of the fighters in his division that people need to watch out. I mean, everyone has talked about him. Not a lot of people have, in the mainstream media, has talked about him or wanted to fight him or signed the dotted line. People have touted him to be boring. Um... You know, snooze fest. I mean, a lot of famous nicknames for him. For one, Kamaru Usman winning the world to a title in dominant fashion against Tyron Woodley. I mean, winning against Colby Covington in an exciting fashion, too. I mean, obviously, like I said, that fight was 50 50 going into the fifth round. But, you know, the fact is, it matters who gets their hand raised at the end of the day. I mean, Usman just quietly, slowly, but surely just creeped up the rankings, beating everybody that the UFC puts in front of them, looking unstoppable, looking like the African version of Khabib Nurmagomedov. I mean, Jesus Christ, he just takes people down a will. I and mean, look what he did to Tyron Woodley. 
and shut him down, won the World Toy title, backed up everything he said, you know, he's humble, he's strong, he's good in all areas, I mean, he only stood up because he, 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 he wanted to, he could easily wrestled, and this could have easily been a grappling match, as many people originally had uh, generally thought. I didn't think, I mean, I didn't know. I mean, I thought it was going to be a wrestling match. I thought this fight was dead even. UFC careers are almost dead even, except the one loss that Colby had. The records are dead even now until now because Colby has lost to him recently. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, my, my number two seed definitely does go to Kamaru, the Nigerian Nightmare. Usman. All right, folks, moving on to number one, and then we're going to go to a commercial break. Um... This man, like I said, made a media, I keep saying this over and over, a fast rise to the top in a heartbeat. I mean, zipping his way through each and every fighter that he did in a, a, a short time. And each fight was in impressive fashion. Each and every every fight was more impressive than the last one. And this, you know, you're only as good as your last fight, right? So my number one list, ladies and gentlemen, you got a drum roll, please, or something like that in the background? Somebody, please get fucking ready, motherfuckers. This one, the number one seed, the number five, in my opinion, this man won, has won multiple awards, probably this guy's a nominee for multiple awards on multiple podcasts, folks, not just the kicking it with the king one, as well as everyone else, folks, but number one seed goes to, one, Israel, the last style bender, Adesanya, I mean, that quick rise to the top, everything he said that he wanted to do, he was going to do that, and who else has been notorious quote-unquote notorious for saying that no pun intended who has been who else has been notorious for saying they're going to do things that they were going to do they said they were going to do and then come out and do them as quickly and precision with precision with accuracy and you know the words words are one thing but you saying you're doing one thing versus you actually doing it both these men have done that connor and israel have done that but you know israel adesanya like i said deserves the number one seed for fighter of the year all the stuff he's done you know his gym i mean i mean volkanovsky not necessarily from the exact same gym isn't training there all the time but you know just australian born champions i mean you know, got Kamaru Usman as well being, you know, breaking through as a champion. You got Francis Gano in the wings, potentially fighting for a title in the near future. So, you know, African MMA is going to get big, man. I mean, all these African-born champions, John Jones, obviously not African. He's African-American, obviously, but, you know, these guys from Nigeria, I mean, immigrating from my, Kamaru Usman immigrating from Nigeria, um, Israel Adesanya, you know, being from Nigeria, having roots there, I mean, and migrating to New Zealand where he is now and all that, so, I mean, like I said, MMA is going to get huge for the African-born fighters in the future, and, and it's next year for sure, it's going to be a big year, um, so, from one category to the other, but quickly, folks... Let's take a quick commercial break. All right, we're back live, folks. Thank you guys for the wait. Hopefully it wasn't too long. I know it's like five seconds. You didn't even get to hear shit. All you hear is that intro music in the, in the meantime, but I um, appreciate you guys for... Uh, tuning in and, and being patient um so on to the next category as i was saying entertainment's a big factor in the world of mixed martial arts entertainment 
also along with the fighting, like I said earlier, not just talking, but actually fighting as well as you talking makes up for the trash talk, just in case you're only a good trash talking, that's not gonna go far, because if you want the skills to back it up, then that's gonna be a huge problem. So I created this category. I thought this would be cool because this is a chance to give people more awards, essentially, if not more awards, multiple awards. And um, I feel like it was one of the, the, the best ways to start off I'd say based on activity, social media activity, um, the amount of numbers that um, skyrocketed, you know, like if you look at the amount of views and shit and the amount of entertainment, YouTube retweets, um, posts, and, you know, people screenshot, just the, all the attraction, all the attention that everybody's been giving these top three guys in the year of, um, you know, most uh, entertaining fighters, but also the most talked about and the most trending fighters. I don't know if that should necessarily be an award to give out, but hey, it's something that, that they're doing right that's getting the world to talk about them, right? So so that's why I created this specific category. This one is called the most entertaining fighters of the two of 2019. The most talked about fighters of 2019. Let me change that because I'm gonna post my list on, on Instagram later on after the show, after the show's already posted. But I don't know if I should though at the end of the day because like I said, I want people to be a surprise. I don't want to tell people. It's no fun when you tell people who won. You go to the fucking Grammys expecting to win. Or, no, I think they do actually because they do tell them before that. Let me backtrack my statement. You don't watch the fucking football football games expecting one team to win. It's 50-50 essentially. You never know based off the records. You got to wait and see what happens, man. So like I said, um, this is this is good. You're going to like this one. So based, all right, we're going to start from number three. Like I said. This man not only is an entertainer, but he's the baddest fighter on the planet. I mean, the, the, the baddest man on the planet. The, the champion. The guy who's been the champion since I've been in high school. The guy that's been in championship fights since 2011. The, the one, the only, the greatest light heavyweight fighter of all time earns the number three seed for most entertaining and talked about fighters in 2011. 19 has to go to one john jones the light heavyweight champion currently um doesn't have a fight oh yeah he does have a fight book yeah he does he's a fighting dominic reyes early next year that'll be exciting um just everything that john's been tied to for years and years not just this year but all the other years you know the years you know people he's getting busted by usada he's getting this belt stripped multiple times i think it was three plus times that he got his, his belt stripped he got his belt stripped when he's supposed to rematch cormier um, you know, he got it stripped after he beat Cormier, then he got the title, uh, then he went and fought Gustafson and got that belt, you know, so John's lost the belt, got a lot of times, he had a lot of, uh, bad shit happen outside of the cage, personally, and, and, and a lot of people have learned about it, you know, via social media and stuff, and attacked him, and called him a cheater, and, and, you know, tied every other fucking word to John that I, that I can't even imagine throughout that time, but, you know, other than that, the negativity, put, off, put that all aside, just the entertainment aspect, you know, John going at Colby, John talking shit to Israel Adesanya, you know, John just going on those Twitter rampages, and just absolutely, you know, you know, being more active on Twitter, because, uh, in my opinion, in the past, he hadn't necessarily been doing that, and a lot of people are talking about him versus DC3 this year, or him versus Brock, him moving up to heavyweight, something that's been talked about for some time, um, and, you know, it's, 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 it's gained traction and stuff like that, but it hasn't really necessarily fallen through, 
Like I said, his next fight is against Dominic Reyes. It's not the most exciting fight for John that he could have right now, but it's an exciting fight because it is John, if that makes sense. So that's that's gonna be in my opinion and my uh, personal uh, um, side note. I'm gonna I'm gonna post the, the nominees and all the people that won the awards maybe like three year three three uh three days after I post this very episode of the show. So like I said, John Jones number three seed um just especially just be, just because who he is and you know he has a big 2020 coming up as well all right moving on folks unfortunately this man's ufc tenure didn't last as long as a lot of people would have wanted and it is last as it didn't come early enough in life in the MMA world, the combat sports world. But you know, if you're a longtime fan, a diehard fan of mixed martial arts, it doesn't matter which organization it is. All these fucking organizations, amazing fighters. My number one and two are Bellator and UFC. Bellator is fucking amazing. It's like Pride. It's like Strike Force. It's like Pride and Strike Force put together. And Pride never dies. You want to keep that slogan alive, right? So, like I said. This his it, like, this was a historic moment for the UFC involving this particular fighter fighters excuse me because that do two people involved in the trade that big massive trade the 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 long awaited debut of one Ben Askren earning my number two entertaining and talked about fighter of the year because of the fact that everyone's talking about him when, when he made his debut. He shot his shot at every fucking welterweight on the roster. I mean, everyone's talking about him. Everyone's saying, "Oh, you're not, you're not UFC level," or you know, you're being cans and other other organizations. And you know, he, Ben doesn't stack up well. And you know, Ben talking about being the best welterweight on the planet, smashing all these top tier guys in UFC. And you know, for the longest time, he was talking the most shit outside of the UFC, so, like, when you're talking shit, if I'm in boxing, dude, talking shit about UFC guy, I mean, what am I gonna do, cross over to boxing, you know how long that process is gonna take, versus if I'm in the same organization and same weight class as you, well, I don't know why these guys are talking about people that are all the way somewhere else, and it's gonna have to go through hurdle, beyond hurdle, beyond hurdle, beyond hurdle, to get to those potential fights down the line, no, that's not the case for one Ben Askren, I mean, that, that did, was the slogan for, like, the longest time before he got into the UFC, don't get me wrong, um, and I was just annoyed with it for so long, but when that historic trade finally happened, and, you know, they traded DJ for, for Ben Askren, man, there's a lot of fun fights for Ben in there, still is to this very day, but, you know, as I said, he is retired, he's having a hit replacement, you know, he's coming off of a couple losses, I mean, the loss to Masvidal, then the loss to Maya, and then the Robbie Lawler fight, which was controversial, was he out, he was out, he was, he was out for a split second, in my opinion, so, that's just my quick thoughts on that particular thing, he was out for a split second, it was obviously, like, it seemed like a bad call, uh, maybe he wasn't out, I don't know, I watched a million other times, but, you know, um, had a lot of fun, in a short amount of time, I mean, him going at Colby, going at Marty from Nebraska, calling him that, and absolutely entertaining online, still is to this very day, but if you think Ben Askren's out of it, he's not out of it, his Twitter game is still excellent, his Twitter game is still um, pretty awesome, I mean, people want to make fun of him, or, um, you know, trash his abilities, and, you know, that's what fight fans do, and ignorant people, and, you know, people that, you know, really don't know what the fuck they're talking about. I don't give a fuck if you have a podcast or you you have professional fighters on each week or you're 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 a well respected podcast or something. There's a lot of media members and shit out there that 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 um 
put in their two cents and stuff and you know talking about when people should retire and stuff now honestly quickly on that before we before we segue we still need to get to the last number one person on the list and then we got a couple other categories and stuff we're going overtime ladies and gentlemen today because this is a great show this is a great the ending final episode of the year the final episode of the decade there's no way in hell you can only do a fucking hour are you kidding me um I forgot what I was going to say before that. So let's just get on to the number one seed for entertaining fighter of the year. Most talked about fighter of the year, probably most entertaining fighter, probably for the last three years, in my opinion, last three or four years or however fucking since he fought Damian Maya. But this award goes to one Colby Chaos Trump. Oh, excuse me. Covington. Colby Chaos Covington. The most talked about fighter of the year. There wasn't a week where I didn't hear about Colby. Anytime Masvidal was mentioned, Colby was mentioned. Anytime Marty from Nebraska was mentioned, Colby was mentioned. I mean, John Jones, Colby. I mean, Colby's been associated with multiple people, not only John Jones. John Jones, Ali Abdelaziz, Fabricio Verdum, Kamaru Usman, like I said. Jorge Masvidal, famously. John Jones, I mean, going at multiple people for so long. I mean, the most talked about guy, the most hated guy. People hate him because of the Trump Act. And, you know, if, if it's an act, you know, the act of a pro wrestler, it's not real. Uh, I hope you get slapped. He's, he's, he, you suck, Kobe. I hope you die. Burn in hell, whatever it is. You suck. Hope you get your face broken or your jaw broken. Uh, I don't know. Did, it really, did he officially get his jaw broken? Because it seemed as if it hasn't even been that long. and hasn't been nowhere near six weeks or anything like that. So I don't know if he necessarily did get a, back, a jaw or a fractured jaw. Not really. Not like the worst broken jaw and you like uh, like a rock hold but i don't know necessarily what happened so you know my, my guess is that he's doing a lot better but you know still wouldn't want him anywhere near fights for probably until like march or april of next year or so but um like i said i give him number one seed because like he's the most talked about guy win or lose i thought he was pretty damn entertaining uh, on top of that like i said earlier multiple times mentioned this um you can't just be entertaining You've got to be a good fighter as well. So um, he does that. I think he's sub. sub uh, what is it? Sub. I'm trying to think of the word. He surpasses all those expectations because people don't look at the fact that he is a damn good fighter as well. So, like I said, most entertaining, talked about fighters of the year category. Connor's on the list too, for sure. Um, but. Um, you just gotta add him in there, but we all know about Connor. Okay. So, breakthrough fighters of the year. We're not gonna we're not gonna go into like deep detail about it. But breakthrough fighters of the year, you know, in my opinion, um, these are gonna come. The fun, the fun part about this one is I didn't put anybody in the war category. This one comes from right off the brain. I'm putting myself on the spot in my own show, on my own show, excuse me. So I think my breakthrough fighters of the year, fighters who have can have a, a big performance come 2020. Um, I actually put Edmund Shabazian, um, a UFC middleweight, undefeated under uh, the tutelage of Edmund Talverdian, former coach of Ronda Rousey um, and 
Travis Brown, um, you know, has done absolutely amazing. I mean, all his performances in the Octagon, his last win over Brad Tavares. Jesus Christ, that was absolutely crazy, man. If you really thought that he... He, he, he was being pushed too soon. Got uh, He got a guy with a rank. A rank. He, he, Brad, I think Brad was like number 13 ranked or something like that. But the fact is he was ranking. He's a tough out for anybody. I mean, champion Israel Adesanya toyed with him for five rounds and wasn't necessarily a way to put, able to put him away. And Edmund knocks him out in the first round easily. So breakthrough fight of the year, number one award has to go to one, Edmund Shabazi and definitely making a meteoric rise fairly quickly. And, um, absolutely crazy performance um i think we should think of one more guy or female that has has made their uh, meteoric rise throughout the year these are kind of like an honorable mention breakthrough is basically my honorable mentions of the year because they did some phenomenal things throughout the year and you know in a short amount of time is probably the most impressive thing that people can do is when they win in a short amount of time in an impressive fashion like that uh, but uh, yeah so it's edmund shabazian and uh Noreen Aldana, that's my opinion. You see that last win she had over Caitlin Vieira? I, mean, I was nervous when Noreen first came into the UFC. I mean, going to decisions, split decision losses, and you know a couple of those losses. And you know, unfortunately, it, it didn't seem to go as good early on as well as Alexa Grasso's career. But you know, that's one of my favorites. Um, for sure, I'll have to give that one to Noreen Aldana. I mean, she's of Mexican descent. She's a fantastic fighter. She's very disciplined. She moves well. She's big for that weight class, too. And, you know, she hits hard, too. I mean, she saw that. I mean, Caitlin Vieira was kind of over-aggressive in that fight. She's a little mad and stuff with the style. But, you know, um, Irene Aldana, she's tall. She's lengthy. I, I enjoy watching her fight, man. Amazing performances, you know, coming from going from decision to winning fights. And let's just quickly look at her. Uh... uh Wikipedia page. I just want to pull it up. I just want to look at something. And she's amazing, man. She's number six in Vandenweight ranks. She's 5'8". That's tall for a girl. Um, one thirty. Yeah, she weighs 135. I, mean, I guess she looks 135. She looks like she could compete at 145. Not not in a bad way. I'm not trying to insult. I know women get real insulted by like you talk about their weight and stuff like that. But she's a professional fighter, so I'm pretty, pretty sure she's not offended by that. Um... It could be an, it could be a compliment if anything. Like I said, all right. So her last win was over Caitlin Vieira by KO, UFC 245, uh, four minutes 51 seconds. Did she get an award for that performance of the night award? She did. Fuck yeah. Before that, she fought v Vanessa Mello, uh, beat her by decision in uh, 2019. So two fights in 2003, four fights in 2019. Excuse me, my bad. And starting off with Betch Cohea, she beat her by submission. Split decision loss to Raquel Pennington. Actually, thought she won that fight. Um, and then she, she, so overall, she went three and one in 2019. So the submission over Bech Cohea, the win over uh, Vanessa Mello, and the uh, knockout over Vieira. So if anything, Kaylin's had. Uh, not Caitlin, excuse me. Irene Aldana has a, had a taste of each method of victory in 2019, aside from the split decision loss to Raquel Pennington. So she's won by submission, she's won by decision, and she's won by knockout. So what other better perfect contender to give this award to other than Caitlin Vieira? So congratulations, amiga. That's my fucking breakthrough fighters of the year, motherfuckers. Not Caitlin Vieira. I keep saying that. Irene Aldana, excuse me. 
I like Caitlin Vieira's name, that's why. That's probably why. Aldana. Reen Aldana and Edmund Shippa. I'm, I'm, I'm writing these down so I don't, just because I get high or something, I like to forget. You know how you forget stuff when you smoke. Shabazian. Hey Siri, spell Edmund Shabazian for me. Just kidding. I can't spell that shit. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, dialing down, moving along. Fight of the year. Is there any fights of the year in my opinion? I mean, I think like an absolute, like, I don't know, there's so many. It'd be crazy for me not to think of a fight of the year. I mean, I've had a lot of crazy fights this year. A lot of impressive performances. You know, in my opinion, um, oh, this one, I don't know why this one came to mind. Uh, I'm, play, I'm picking two. No, no, I'm just going to pick one. This one, this one is special because the way this came into my mind. I mean, it has implications to be fight of the year because of what both fighters did to make it fight of the year. But both of these guys are champions or have been former champ or former champions now, thinking about it. But uh, none other than Max Holloway versus Dustin Poirier, too, in my opinion. It was an excellent fight. I thought what Max was doing was encourageable, for sure. Sorry if my, head's, my, my mouth's away from the microphone. Um... UFC, what which UFC was that? Let me see, just so I can write it down. But just the, the impact of it, you know, Max being the reign defending uh, featherweight champion. I mean, going up to lightweight to fight Dustin Poirier for the chance to fight for the interim lightweight title. And he could have went and fought, uh, went up and fought Khabib when Khabib was ready. And that could have been Max versus Khabib finally. And unfortunately, that doesn't happen. Um, yeah, Max came into that um, riding a like 13 fight win streak. Was it 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Yeah, 13, 13 fights in a row he won. And then Dustin Poirier snaps his, his win streak. Interim lightweight title shot for him. Fight of the night. Fight of the year, in my opinion, for sure. Um, just the power. Every punch that Dustin threw, man, it seemed like it was fucking hard. Hard-ass power punches, for sure. Definitely showed the weight class difference, for sure. But uh, I think that that was a huge fight for Poirier as well. And that was a huge fight that, that I was also excited for. And um, got to add Dustin Poirier to the list of, uh, of fighters of the year, too in my opinion, um, so that, he's gonna be, that's a late add to, uh, my list of fighters of the year, cause, like, I'm, I'm different, like I said, I don't wanna do no fucking one fighter of the year, there's too many fucking fighters in the world to really pick one, I'm not gonna feel 100% content with myself if it comes to picking those, so I'm not gonna do that, I'm adding Dustin Poirier to the list, we have an odd number now, we have six fighters of the year, uh, six fighters, my fighters of the year, but um, it's cool because we're kind of doing it live as we're speaking, as my mind's flowing. So that's what we're doing here. So, like, that's that's the fight of the year. Fighter of the year goes Dustin Poirier for number six, uh, number six seed. All right, folks. Saddest moments of 2019 MMA related. Okay, this is one a lot of you guys can probably relate to. Probably thousands of fight fans around the world can relate to is 
those fucking videos the UFC releases after the pay-per-views. Thrill and agony videos. All of them are heartbreaking, man. They're all fucking tearjerkers and all that. But um, the ones that stuck out mostly, number one on the list. I don't know why I would want to give people... Why why are you being negative here? Should we just skip this entire thing? We should skip this entire thing. I'm going to skip this one. Why the fuck did I pick saddest moments? Why would people want to pick the saddest moments? Pick the happiest moments. We're supposed to go into the new year on a roll. We're supposed to go into the new year with the bang. We're not... I'm I'm deleting this as we're speaking. so, So bear with me, folks. Fights to make in 2020. Fun fights. I put three fights on the list. Probably add more. Because I wasn't thinking straight probably at the time that this happened. So as we're speaking, um, let me just quickly write this list. And quickly, before while I'm writing this list, guys, can quickly go on, head on over to Twitter and Instagram and follow our page directly at KWTKPod, both on Twitter and Instagram, and also following our podcast is available everywhere, Spotify, Google Play, um, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and like I said, available anywhere else you get your podcast. Find our podcast, leave us five-star rating, five-star review, positive vibes, no negativity, we don't fuck with negativity, I don't fuck with negativity, most likely I'll laugh when I read it too, so don't even fucking bother, put positive vibes, um, and and so forth folks appreciate you guys for that like i said um we will have one one more episode of oh basically it's too late now but we'll have a new the brand new episode of this of this podcast next week we'll have a guest on for the first time live in studio guest yes i will be talking to a guest the whole time that will be it. That's the plan. That's what we're going to do. So I can't wait for that one. Um, okay. Finishing up with that list. Um, uh, okay. One more. Ooh, these are good. Okay. You hear me typing. I'm type. I'm finally putting, I'm finalizing the final fights to make and i promise you no more editing i'm only gonna talk about it more but um i gotta stick to my guns i gotta stick to what's said i've got to stick to us there so i can't go completely off topic but the fights to make folks let's get to it and 2020 number one on the list heavyweight title trilogy fight between stipe miocic and daniel cormier both have a win against each other both have finished both have finished each other in both fights, I mean, Daniel knocked Stipe out in the first round. In their first fight, Stipe stopped Cormier late in the late. I think it was like late in the fourth or fifth round, if I'm not mistaken. After Cormier was winning, and you know, up, up on all all rounds, in my opinion, on that on that whole card, he was hitting Stipe with everything but the kitchen sink in that fight. But again, Stipe ended up adjusting his strategy, and you know that nasty hook to the body, and ended up hurting Cormier, and you know getting to the point where he finished him, and you know Cormier knocks him out in the first round in their first fight. So they both kind of had dramatic endings to both of their fights. So if Cormier was to retire, or Stipe was able to retire, or just retired and never fought again, that would be kind of an unresolved 
taste to see who real really is the best heavyweight of all time. I mean, it could be arguably Stipe. I mean, Cormier comes back and beats Stipe and retires, then, then he has an argument to be the best heavyweight. Both of them, because Stipe broke the heavyweight consecutive record of title defenses and stuff too, so... Like I said, that could be that could be a, a huge a huge thing too. So like I said, that number one list has to be Stipe versus Cormier versus uh, Cormier number three for two, 2020. Another fight uh, that's been talked about for quite some time and a lot, a lot of people will be curious about it now. It seems a little bit more of a reality than before. But um, Connor coming back, obviously we'll see how he does as against Donald Cerrone in January next month. Um, January in a couple days actually. So um We'll see how he does, but then after that, I'd like to see him take on Jorge Masvidal and really determine who the BMF is for sure because these guys have talked about each other for so long. It's, it's, this fight's kind of been penciled in in a lot of people's minds, and it's something I want to see because Jorge's talked about it. Connor's talked about it. You know, A lot of people thought maybe Connor's in it over his head going up to 170 fighting a guy like Gamebred, but that's an interesting fight, man. Like I said, any fight with Connor is an interesting fight, so we're going to see that. Hopefully, we'll just see that. And like I said, 2020 is a big year for both Connor, Masvidal, and their whole other list of fighters in the UFC and just overall MMA. 2020 is a huge, massive year, so that's a fight I got to see too. Um, obviously, Khabib versus Ferguson's on the list too. Fifth times a charm, like I said, many times, millions, excuse me, times. That's never been a thing. Third times a charm is a thing. Fifth time a charm, not so much, but um, we'll get to see that. Hopefully, you get to see that. Hopefully, God bless that. Wrap both those guys in um, uh, plastic wrap so nothing happens to them. Um, that's, a, that's the biggest lightweight title fight of all time. That will determine who the baddest man on the planet is at 155 pounds. And that's why that's a fight that we need to see. Because the fact that that fight's been penciled in four and a half times now. Because, and we don't have, we have to wait for it until April. That's the thing. So, don't, why UFC? Why would you give me anxiety right now? So, I don't have to worry, don't have to worry about if either of these guys are going to be getting injured and stuff. But, you know, like I said. We're, we're positive here on this podcast, so we're going to continue to be pod, positive on this show and positive overall because I think that fight's going to happen. It has to happen. If I die and that fight doesn't happen, man, that, that's like the shittiest thing. That's the worst way to go out. You're not going to end your own your, your time on the planet without these fights happening. All these fights are massive fights and huge fights for the decade and for the year and all that. So Khabib versus Ferguson has to happen. Uh, let's get on over to one Colby Covington. Uh, he, he's had a, a good fight with uh, Kamara Usman and you know, hasn't had really any grudge matches or rivalry matchups yet. But the fight with Masvidal is a fun fight if they're entertaining it. Um, I don't really know how it sells, how well it would sell. It might sell a lot because of the rivalry and stuff like that. But, you know, like the presser and, and stuff like that. I, I think overall, fantastic fight. You know, don't count Kobe out in that kind of fight. That's a very dangerous fight for both men. Um, aside from the fact that Kobe just lost, got his jaw broken. But um, I think that anybody hits him, it's going to hurt. It's going to definitely... Uh, you know, anybody hits any, like, any of those guys, you know, especially after getting a broken jaw, that's kind of a scary thing to come back from after a while, so, like I said, you see, he needs to be out for a while, maybe June or July of next year, it's a good returning, return for Colby, so, and Colby versus Masvidal, Colby versus Tyron are the fights that everyone has been talking about, so those two fights are fights I definitely want to see for Colby, um, John Jones versus Israel Adesanya, because you know the backstory, and these guys have been talking shit to each other for so long, and, you know, tweeting after tweet after tweet after tweet, and, you know, it's kind of,
kind of Israel has kind of been a comparison to John Jones in the past. So we'll just see that and understand what happens when that fight comes together um, and so forth. So, and as well as John moving up to heavyweight, potentially fight Sipe Miocic after the Stipe fight with Daniel Cormier. Really got to see what happens with Stipe and Cormier 3, if that fight's penciled in, if it gets put together, and everything else that happens after that. Because if Stipe loses, then that would lose a lot of traction for the John fight, in my opinion. So I don't want to see that. I wouldn't want to see that happen. But the final category on today's show for um, the annual KWTK, Kicking It With The King, annual podcast, Fighter Awards, Nomination Awards, whatever award you want to call it, award ceremony, wherever the fuck you want to call it, ladies and gentlemen, but I established this list from 2000 to 2019, forgive me if a lot of the top fights aren't on there, probably more fights than anything on there that I could have put on there, but, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, anticipated fights a lot of people talked about over the years since 2000 to 2019 between those two eras between those two kind of you know a lot of eras happened within those 10 years so the last decade's been kind of crazy but i don't know if we should start at number 10 and go down to number one because i don't know how long this part's going to necessarily take um but uh i think we should start at number one the number no no number 10 number 10 is uh how it has to be Colby Covington versus Kamara Usman. That was the top ten fights in my opinion. You know, the most anticipated, the most talked about, the you know, the most, you know, like what the fuck's gonna go on kind of fight. That's the kind of vibes you got. Like, I don't know who's gonna win. Both these guys are easily matched up. Um uh, you go both these guys are evenly matched up ma- matched when it comes to everything. So like you didn't know what was gonna happen. We didn't know. So it was, it was so close. I mean, a lot of people didn't like Colby because of, uh, you know, his antics. But at the end of the day, he could fight. So, like I said, that definitely did, you know, get my attention. I did want this fight for so long. I was, it was kind of surreal the fact that it's already over, and and we still can't wait a little longer for that fight. But that fight happened. Um, we saw the result. It was the most anti- one of the most anticipated fights, earning number ten on my list of top ten fights. From 2000 to 2019, number eight or number nine, excuse me. This featured a BMF title fight between one Jorge Masvidal and Nate Diaz, Miami versus Stockton, 209 versus 305, as Hawani says. Most anticipated fight, exciting fight. Uh, you know, honestly, probably the number one anticipated fight of 2019 because of that. that the, 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 what's the, the, the I was going to say amp, altitude, amplitude. No, that's not the right word. Because of the um, what's the word I'm looking for? You no, know, all the hype surrounding it. The fact that they're both fighters with double-digit losses, as people have said, mentioned, but it's not about the losses, it's about what you do in your career and your legacy and everything you're established. And these guys have been establishing shit since day one. Both these men have been fighting who, whoever the UFC puts in front of them and fighting in other organizations. Nate Diaz has obviously been fighting the UFC for like his entire career, but you know, Masvidal fighting in all these other organizations and fighting, you know, fighting the Strike Force and 
and all that and you know this just this fight when it was announced it was it was you know nate diaz doesn't really call people out like that i mean he called out connor and stuff but other than that i mean he called out mazu all respectively these guys didn't have anything bad to say about each other i mean the the, the, the interviews very cordial you know seemed as if they were very very professional and you know it was a very entertaining fight to say the least but the fact is that the way it ended kind of was a little bit of a sour part for a lot of fans but overall the out that the um i was about to do it again the, the fucking the output that this fight was had the the uh, implications that it had that's what i was looking for the implications that it had you know the excitement it had behind it and everything i think overall was an amazing performance amazing um you know, out, outcome, and, you know, like I said, kind of capped off the year for Jorge Masvidal, so, um, I'm getting, uh, OCD with where I put my numbers, I kind of just put this list all, uh, scattered together, and stuff, so I'm kind of, like, just penciling, I'm rearranging things as we're speaking, number eight on the list, goes all the way back to 2011, the long-awaited debut of one Alistair Overeem coming in, taking on the former UFC heavyweight champion Brock Lesnar, and Brock versus Overeem, I mean, all their fights combined, and, you know, how tall they are, and how how tall Overeem was, how much Overeem weighed, you know, he's like the ultimate beast, the ultimate monster, the ultimate, um, you know, scariest fight for one Brock Lesnar. I mean, Brock versus Overeem was like one of the most anticipated fights ever. Everybody was, everybody was talking about it. Everybody from the WWE was talking about it. Everybody coming in, trying to, you know, definitely talking about everything, man. Everybody was talking about that fight because it was like big bad man and Overeem. I mean, you look at how jacked and how juiced up Overeem was back then. It was just an anti the crazy fight. I mean, you know, it was a scary fight. You didn't know how Overeem was going to fare with Brock's takedown defense. And however, just a quick little side note, I didn't expect that version of Brock to come out against Overeem the way he did, all looking confused and, you know, timid and, and, and kind of stiff out there and stuff like that and afraid to get hit that wasn't like the Brock of old that wasn't like the Brock Lesnar that uh you know came out against Kane or you know the guy that that uh beat Heath Herring or you know destroyed Frank Mir in the second fight or any Brock Lesnar type fight but you know um Overing came in there and uh you know all those kicks to the body when Brock had that, had that surgery, man. All those nasty K-1 kicks to the body just ending the fight in the first round, man. It was just like a, a vintage moment, a highly anticipated moment. You know, the potential next heavyweight star emerged when, when Alistair was talked about in that regard. Obviously, he failed his test and was unable to fight Junior Dos Santos at the time. And imagine if Overeem would have won. Because you think about it now, Overeem... Nowadays, when Overeem fought Dos Santos in the UFC, later on, he won. He knocked Dos Santos out. So, if, I mean, that, that version, Overeem fought that version of Dos Santos. It may have been a different outcome, however. But if they would have fought later on, if they had fought later on before, then and Overeem had fought him early on, that, the whole landscape would have been different. So, number eight goes, went to Brock versus uh, Alistair Overeem. This next one, number seven, is two fights because they had they had two fights together. But um, number seven goes to Connor and Nate Diaz, one and two, because of the imp the implications of that, the fact that that fight wasn't even supposed to happen. It was supposed to be Dos Anjos versus Connor when Connor was uh, moved up to one fifty five to um, get that uh, title shot, and then 
Rafael Dos got injured and they had that whole debacle of who was going to be the one to step in to fight Connor. Was it going to be uh, was it going to be Anthony Pettis? Was it going to be Donald Cerrone? No, it, it turns out it's none of those guys. It goes to being Nate Diaz, and that's when Nate Diaz beat Connor, submitted him, and the whole world exploded. It was like a oh my god moment of 2000 in 2000 era. Doesn't matter what year it was. It was a huge defining moment because you look at the the uh, impact that that Connor had in his entire in, in, in his short tenure in the UFC at the time, and you know just every single fight he's getting better. He's promoting. He's selling the fight. He's getting people excited for the next one. And you know his social media game's on point. His proper whiskey company and you know, all the craziness that Connor has done in his career and a superstardom from top to the bottom overall is just absolutely exploded but fight wise those two fights are two anticipated fights um if they don't have a trilogy fight then that will be a problem in my opinion that's definitely one of the fights that i can't i'm not gonna die and be satisfied not having a third fight between those two so that's a fight that has to happen um like i said both guys really brought it both times um arguably ds could have won the second fight i thought connor may have barely edged that one out in the second fight but Overall, I think that um, Connor and Nate too definitely deserve two two uh, two fights for one category. So number six. Also, I'm not riding anybody's coattails now, folks. Don't get that kind of vibe. But Connor McGregor versus Jose Aldo because of the trash talk. You know the anticipated fight. You know, it's an anticipated fight because of the amount of trash talk, the world tour, Connor getting in his head, every other press conference, and every other different fucking place they were visiting, every other different city. It's just like, what's Connor gonna do now? What's he gonna say now? I mean, getting Jose all emotional at first, and, you know, Jose just absolutely um, acting out of his normal self and. You know, us seeing a side of Jose that we never seen before throughout his entire career. I mean, this guy in the form of Connor was able to bring out the worst of him and it brought the worst out of him on fight night because he stopped him in 13 seconds. Those fast KOs and stuff, those are forever a part of history. You can never replace those. That's why I gave that that, that one too. I think it's pretty pretty reasonable award too for sure. So I, mean, I think like that's the most anti- one of the most anticipated fights. Uh, number four on the list is a middleweight title fight and also featured the return of George St. Pierre after being gone for four plus years. Um, after that split decision win over Johnny Hendricks, a lot of people questioned that fight. A lot of people thought Hendricks actually originally won that fight at the time. Um, you know, arguable, it's very arguable, but, you know, we're talking about none other than the return of George, not only at, not at 170, but at 185, George came up to fight for the middleweight title at 185 pounds against none other than the Count, one of the greatest middleweights of all time, and one of the baddest men on the planet, in my opinion, and Michael, the Count Bisping, Bisping has been one of my top favorite fighters for, for quite some time, his personality, the way he talks, his Believe You Me podcast, absolutely fucking amazing, so, um, you know, like I said, him and Luis, Luis Gomez are amazing, man, I love that, that's one of my most, one of my favorite, uh, oh, that's not number four, excuse me, wait, wait, that's why, that's what I get, it's number, so Connor and Diaz is number seven, Jose Aldo and Connor were six, 
Bisping and St. Pierre is five, excuse me. That's number five on the list. So number five on the list is St. Pierre versus Bisping. Obviously, St. Pierre came into that fight. It looked like he hasn't even been off. It looked like he was he, he fought maybe three months prior before that. I mean, he looked absolutely amazing. I mean, he obviously got cut up and stuff, but he utilized his takedowns. The size didn't really seem to be a factor. He was massive. I know he had the, he was suffering from the colitis and stuff like that, but um, and all that other stuff that he was going through and all that. But um, uh, I know that you know overall that performance he did and it was history defining. I mean, getting gone for 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 four plus years, coming back, winning the world title. Are you kidding me? That's crazy. I mean, there's there's not a lot of people that can come back and 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 do that kind of thing. For sure. Um okay from wait, that's not five, is that? Wait, one, yeah, we did one, two, three, four, five, six. So now we're on the seventh fight. This is number three uh, on the list. Wait. Yeah, because we did, uh, oh my god, this is fucking terrible. Cancel the show. Just kidding. Number 10 was Colby versus Camaro. Number 9, Nate versus Jorge Masvidal. Number number 8, Overing versus Lesnar. Number 7, Connor versus Nate, 1 and 2. Number 6, Connor versus Aldo. Number 5, St. Peter Bisping. Number 4, this is Jones, Gustafson. Because of the fact that Gustafson essentially was the white version of John Jones, in my opinion. No racial things are meant to be included in this or anything. I was just kind of kind of a funny joke. It's like Gustafson was that good. I mean, this guy's tall, lengthy, rangy, and a lot of John not more than half of John's opponents haven't been taller than him, have been substantially smaller than him, size-wise and strength-wise and length-wise and all that. But Gustafson kind of was that one guy that um, you know, potentially could have matched the crazy uh like length and stuff and he was a very dangerous guy a lot of people you know didn't necessarily think that this fight was going to turn out to be one of the best fights light heavyweight title fights of all time obviously in the second fight with Gustafson Jones impressed even more and finished Gustafson in that fight and the first fight with Gustafson the fight we're talking about right now is um is the um the fight where Jones still to this day was pushed to the highest of his career and, and potentially almost lost that fight. Say what you want about this Thiago Santos fight. Oh, split decision almost. You could have easily lost that one. Okay, bull, bullshit. Get the fuck out of here. But otherwise, physically and never seen John that beaten up in a fight before. So definitely that is a more highly anticipated fight from 2000 to 2019. So going from number four to number three. Mentioned this man multiple times today on this award ceremony, folks. Uh, former middleweight champion, the baddest man on the planet, Michael Bisping, coming in on short notice, taking on Luke Rockhold for the middleweight title. As Rockhold previously beat him before that non-title fight, I think it was like a different country or so. I don't remember exactly what country. Was it Australia? I, I think maybe it was Australia. But yeah, Bisping comes in on short notice against uh, a filling in for Chris Weidman. He originally was going to fight Luke Rockhold in a rematch. Bisping comes in on short notice, knocks Luke Rockhold out in the first round, gets that long-awaited title shot on short notice. You think that the long-awaited title shot of Bisping's career would come after 8 to 12 to 16 weeks of hard training or something like that, but no, it comes in on short notice, less than a month's notice. 
Bisping comes in, knocks Rockhold out, a long rivalry they had, it was kind of an uncomfortable rivalry, they didn't like each other, kind of was funny back and forth, press conferences and all that, but you know, at the end of the day, history was made, Bisping comes in on short notice, his long, uh, illustrious career, you know, his long uh, career in the UFC, you know, he could almost have retired without winning a belt ever, you know, the greatest fighter to never win a belt, essentially, that was his tag, that's what everybody associated with him, associated him with, but no, he defies the odds, knocks Luke Rockhold out, plays pinball with his head against Cage, wins the middleweight title, defends it against Dan Henderson, against another classic, and and so forth, obviously retires on two losses, but, you know, he got double pay, man, he got, you know, that GSP fight, that payday was substantially a fucking crazy ass amount, plus, the fight with Gaslam, some extra change to add to the bank account of the count, so, um, we actually don't, uh, have a number two fight, I forgot one, we're one short, but I have all the numbers listed, but this num- this two, this second fight, um, was a fight that a lot of people, um, it was highly anticipated, had a lot of historic, uh, stories behind it, um, the Amanda Nunes, obviously, versus, um, Chris Cyborg, this was the fight that people were talking about for so long, um, I mean, like I said earlier, Chris Cyborg, uh, what, what was one of the scariest females outside of the UFC and before she got in the UFC and, uh, you know, a lot of people wanted to see her go and fight in the UFC for so long and that eventually had happened. She won a world title in there. She beat Holly Holm and she's, she stopped like Kani, Yanni and Kunitsukaya. She stopped, uh, who else did she stop? She didn't fight Megan Anderson. That was the fight that I would have liked to see. I mean, she fought like Yanin Kunitskaya. I mean, I forgot the rest of them. You know, I think it was Lena Landsberg was one of them. Um, but, you know, that, that fight with Amanda Nunes, both those women came out. I mean, the, the sense, consensus best featherweight fighters of all time in the women's divisions. People want to have uh, debates on who the best fe- the women's featherweight fighters are or is. And I go to Amanda Nunes, in my opinion, because she beat the person, the only other person in the world that everyone's saying is the best women's featherweight fighter of all time. So I don't know. I don't know what to say. I mean, there's number one, Amanda Nunes, number two, Chris Cyborg, in my opinion. But that fight was anticipated. I mean, the, the craziest, the knockdowns, both women just biting on their mouth, mouthpieces, struggling, not struggling, excuse me, just, you know, coming forward, just throwing bombs, not caring about anything, throwing caution in the wind, and, you know, we've seen what happened, Amanda knocks her out, wins a second belt, and now plans to simultaneously defend both belts, now, if you win both belts, you gotta have plans and aspirations to defend both, and Amanda is one of those people that will do that, okay, drum roll, please, motherfuckers, the final fight, of 2000 to 2019, the number one anticipated fight on my list. I've probably included this man in like four other awards or nominations in this whole entire fucking show. We're nearly two hours in, folks. We're like 15 minutes away from being two hours in. Um, probably the longest show I've done in a while, solo. Um, but the long, the illustrious, the long-awaited fight that we've been waiting for so long. We've heard these guys go back and forth backstage through other training partners, um, different gyms, online, social media, from them taking pictures with each other to becoming enemies, you know, having one of the most heated rivalries of 2019. 
Wait, 2018. Wasn't that fight was 2018? But it doesn't matter because this category is from 2000 2019. Fucks, you fucks. But um, number one goes to the former UFC featherweight, the former UFC lightweight champion, the former UFC featherweight and lightweight champion of the UFC one, Connor McGregor versus Khabib Nurmagomedov is my number one fight of 2000 to 2019. Because of the ant, not because of what happened afterwards, but the ant, the, the the feeling before it, all the historic moments before that, the bus incident, the you know the backstage with Artem and all that, you know Connor just you know going absolutely crazy, throwing trolley at the bus, and that him getting arrested. I mean, punching the old man in the bar. I'm not saying that's all the shit that led up to this, but Connor's done some crazy shit in 2019 and just overall, but. Um, Um, overall, but, you know, like, just, just, just the fact that it was happening, and, you know, th- these guys have been, you know, have like, kind of, like, a nasty vibe, I mean, they brought, like, racial, like, I think it was not racial, but, you know, they brought, like, religion and family and, and all these other negative vibes into that, that kind of fight, and it was kind of, it wasn't disgusting, because I've seen worse things, and it's combat sports, both these guys are getting in to cut each other, or take each other's fucking heads off, so, you know, it's kind of, in, what, are you gonna have feelings and sensitivity and fighting? No, there's no way you can do that. But no. Number one goes to Khabib and goes to Connor. Khabib and Connor for that one. You know, obviously the way it ended and, you know, Khabib jumping into the crowd, the whole crazy post fight brawl and all that. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. Boom. There we go. What a crazy fucking award ceremony. Two hours in. A lot of people nominated. A lot of people talked about. A lot of people mentioned definitely did um wonders i I actually thought this turned out so much better than originally uh because like just just like all these fights were actually super fucking exciting fights to talk about and and fights to think about and be excited for them and when they eventually happened the outcome was severely satisfying in my opinion all these fights delivered in my opinion so i i'm really 100 percent content with this list i hope you enjoyed this list this is a final episode of 2019 the final episode of the decade folks for sure um like i said i've had big moments this year in 2019 as well this Shows definitely skyrocketed in my opinion, my skills and, and my comf- being comfortable. Obviously, like I said, it's been almost six years now, but um, almost like five, five and a half plus years or so, you know, longer than that probably. Um, but you know, I'm just getting comfortable, getting fans, getting more people established, getting more people to know the show, just putting out great shows, putting out multiple shows back to back in five episodes in one week, three episodes in one week, you know, two episodes in one day. This historic end of the year show is two hours. It's going to be two hours and 10 minutes, not 10 minutes, but in 10 minutes, it will be two hours and it'll be like the longest show that I've done in a long time. So like I said, I'm excited for the next year. I'm excited for all the big shows to come. Like I said, uh, I am targeting a guest, a friend of mine who's been begging me, like I said, begging me to come on the show for so long. Next week, he'll, he'll reportedly said, and if everything works out perfectly fine, he will be coming in. That'll be our first guest, a live in studio guest on our podcast for the first episode of 2020 so how crazy is that gonna be um 
like I said, yeah, overall was a pretty fucking crazy year. Pretty amazing though, for sure. Especially if you're in like media and, 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 you know, like Instagram and, you know, like social media wise and all the craziness, everybody that was trending in 2019, everybody, all the fighters that everyone was talking about, just everything that was trending, all the technology, everything advancing and all that, you know, like I said, really, really making it hitting home with Anchor Radio, this, our Anchor this, this year for sure, like I remember one time I hated using Anchor because I thought that it wasn't getting all my stuff, like I would record full episodes of a great show and stuff, talk about some real good shit and it wouldn't get saved and it got corrupted the data got corrupted so i basically everything i had was lost and you know i didn't know what i was gonna do so eventually i was able to figure that out i ironed out all the issues and here we are going in the new year bright folks so definitely that was a that's a good thing and um definitely was a good one so like i said i appreciate you guys for all uh tuning in this entire year not just to this episode but to the entire year more episodes to come um and keep going going until the fucking wheels fall off um so like i said ending it here you guys um could follow me directly on instagram on 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 twitter at g the king mma follow me on tiktok too if you if you have that sort of thing at g the king mma um follow our podcast page directly at kwtk pod uh, facebook.com slash gabriel the king hernandez um as well as snapchat at g meeker underscore mma follow us directly um like i said on twitter and instagram kwtk pod find our podcast in the main podcast page uh or not the main podcast page you can find the main podcast website but you can um find us on itunes leave a rate rating and positive reviews good vibes and all that we're looking to spread and we're looking to do even bigger things in 2020 so that being said i didn't get to say happy i didn't get to say merry christmas to anybody but happy new year's eve and happy new year's to each and every one of the people in the world that not only listen to podcasts but my fans friends and family and all the people everybody all my number one supporters you all know who you are smile as i speak towards the end smile you know who who you are and you know what you do everybody does i appreciate all the support folks for sure tuning in uh 2020 is coming up and we got a great year folks so this is the final time of 2019 the final time of the decade g the king out baby we'll be back sooner rather than later bye folks happy new year